0: Welcome to Puck It, We'll Do It Live, our pre-recorded Minnesota Twins podcast. It is Thursday, uh, March the 5th. Is that right, Dan? March 5th. Yes. yes. Uh, who, I'm asking the guy who spent the entire last podcast admitting he doesn't know what day of the week it is. That's, uh, oh. It's, on my so, part.
1: it's, it's an, a non-stop quest to remember. Like, I talked to my dad a couple days ago and I was like... So they're coming over, to, about my sister, they're coming over, right? It's Friday tomorrow, right? It was, uh, this was Monday. Like this was earlier this week. This was Monday. And I'm like, tomorrow's Friday, right? I'm just so off on the days right now.
0: Well, uh, this is Zach Beers, by the way, with Dan Hayes. Uh, I'm back. I feel like I've been away for a while. Um, but we have a new, I have a new podcast studio, if you will. Uh, my own office space with carpet. Um, to help with the sound, Adam, you'd be happy. We chose the carpet for this room. Uh, after having to bounce around whatever room was available in my apartment, I finally have my own space. So, Dan, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be back. How was uh, Aaron as a guest last week? He was
1: good. We we, uh, we had fun. We um, definitely got a chance to mock him for his inability to drive, which... Uh, yeah, uh, and and we got to mock his. I didn't get to mock his uh, lack of laundry skills enough, because I had to do like I had to clean up his room after he left. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's talk about the uh, the high powered rubber gloves I bought uh, and the tongs that I bought, and I'm gonna expense here soon uh, so that I could put the uh, the bed sheets in a cauldron. Uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> But no, I, uh, I, I would like to take this time to mock him a little bit more since I did that for him. Um, we had a couple of roommates here that didn't take care of their beds. Uh, so I think me and Jen McCaffrey from Boston and Chad Jennings have uh, done some some extra duty uh, laundry uh, down here. So that, that's the highlight of one of the highlights of spring training so far is my laundry skills have uh, improved to an all-time high. So I feel like I've accomplished a lot right there.
0: Well, we, we will uh, talk about the Twins eventually on this show, but I want to run down some of the highlights, uh, some of my favorite parts from last week's show, which I, I was able to listen to because I needed to do my homework. Um, first of all, how about Aaron just dropping the word gravitas right off the top
1: too? I was stunned. I mean, unbelievable. The command of the language at an all-time high. <laughs> it's spring training, and he's dropping that, and I'm like, uh, to what word is this? Oh, it's the. Uh, I'm. Uh, my, my mind is waking up, and he's like blowing us away with professor-like words. It was, it was very impressive.
0: Uh, what else do we have? We had you, well, both of you, I think, were bitching about having to um, go to work at 8 a.m., I believe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Struggle's real, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a tough one for sure. There was you being very, very descriptive about... Um, Miguel Sano's body. That was was
1: exciting. Uh, (laughs) Looks like a brick wall, I think you said, uh, edge of a cliff. You want to know something that's really, really scary? Uh, Because spring training, they're all the same. I have no recollection of last week's podcast whatsoever. (laughs) You're you're talking to me about this, uh, and I am totally foreign on it. And and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. So, um, but... We
0: had also uh, just a dreadful Astros trash can joke from you, but yes, you know could, yes. we got we got to get one in every episode. I feel like from here on out. Uh, yes, and then I think the last highlight for me was um, you comparing Aaron Gleeman to Jessica Tandy in Driving Miss Daisy, which is a, a very great reference.
1: I, I was I was very proud of that, and I just uh, I really wanted to suggest more that I have Morgan Freeman's voice which clearly is the case, um, and that uh, I should just get jobs as narrator uh, for the rest of my life. So for anybody out there listening, um, I'm available. Uh, just call my agent. Um, you can find him on the internet somewhere. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, the, that, that was a fun uh, reference because, but I got to be honest, I've been missing Aaron this last, uh, whatever he's been, like the last week and a half that I've been here because... There's nobody to open and close the garage door for me because we don't have a garage door opener uh, at the unit. And so Aaron would hop out and press the code in, and I'd drive into the garage, and then he'd shut it. And then in the morning when we we left every day, uh, we'd open the garage from the inside, and he'd wait for me to back out of the garage, and then he'd shut it. So, like, it's really been a long week. And, and again, the struggle is very real between that and the 8 a.m. wake-up – or the 7 a.m. wake-ups and getting to work at 8. I – I don't know how you guys let us work in these conditions. It's abhorred, but uh, I'm going to make it keep uh, keep going with it and uh, make a go of it, I guess.
0: What a what a godsend to have Aaron to keep you out of that brutal Florida weather to open the garage <laughs> and close it. But. All right, well, so Aaron's gone. Uh, Dan, you are back in spring training. Um, what's the latest? I'm not there. I have no idea what's
1: going on. It has definitely been cool. – like this is quite possibly – the most boring spring training ever and and that's a great thing for the twins um, but I mean I, I'm not kidding when I say this there's there's just very little competition um, you know guys and and if you're a twins fan you can knock on wood when I say this um, but there's been no injuries so far you look at like what what's going on in Yankees camp with Stanton and uh, Aaron Judge and um Luis Severino all like in a five-day span going down to injury. And the Twins haven't had that yet so far. And, uh, it, it's just a – it's been good in that way. And there's very little competition for them right now. Um, they, they just don't have a whole lot that has happened here because they came in with such a full roster. And I'm guessing, Zach, uh, as, a, as a Twins fan, because Aaron had a lot of the same reaction – that's foreign to Twins fans. You know, usually yeah. you have a whole lot going on. And this team is about as thorough and and built out as you can imagine. And I think that's really kind of made this a just a come in and get your work done kind of camp, which is a great thing for the team because you just focus on that. And there's there's so few roster spots being battled for. There's, there's like two bullpen spots in the fifth uh, spot in the rotation is kind of the – the, the big focal points at this point, but beyond that, you know, and, and then the last guy, the 13th man, basically between Jake Cave and, and Williams Estadio, but it's pretty boring other than that, and, and that's, a, again, a good thing. Yeah, it was interesting hearing you guys
0: um, sort of frame it that way, and also Aaron uh, was talking about the depth of the team uh, and, you know, how many guys that were, that were kind of key factors uh, last year are going to be Either in Rochester when the year begins, or or you know, sort of pretty buried deep in the rotation, and um, a good problem to have for sure. And then also, Dan, what I thought was interesting last week after making spending the first part of the show making fun of your show last week was <laughs> just the the talk around camp of of expectations and uh, you know the fact that uh, it's kind of a no duh that you, you win a hundred games last year, you go out and sign the players they signed. Obviously, they're making a push for the World Series, but, the, but to hear them um, confront it head on, you know, it, this is not going to win you baseball games, but I feel like down the stretch, after you know, it, it's helpful to have spent seven months with the mindset of we expect to contend versus trying to pretend like you, you still want to be the lovable underdogs all season long, and then you end up playing the Yankees again. And, and maybe it has some effect on your mindset. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you believe in that. Maybe you don't. But I, it, it will be interesting <laughs> to see him try it because I think Aaron was right that, um, you know, typically with the Twins, we always sort of um, have this they're building something, they're building something mentality. And now they're basically saying, okay, we've built it. Here we go.
1: Yeah. And that, that part is so evident when you're in camp. And, and you just hear the way guys have talked all spring I mean Rich Hill it, whenever you talk to him it, it feels like he mentions if you if you take the conversation that way he must mention World Series trophy um, he's it's almost like he's subliminally trying to drop it into guys' minds uh, hoping they're reading quotes and stuff like that because it, it's just what they're they're trying to make that expectation very clear and and nobody is, um, willing to kind of move on from, it. I loved Miguel Sano. And, and we may have talked about this a little bit last week saying that no more Bomba squad. We're just focused on the world series. Um, yeah. guys have talked about how they played hurt and now the goal is health. And, and, uh, it, you know, one thing that has happened since Aaron left was, uh, a conversation with Eddie Rosario. That was really good. It was actually me and Doe young park from MLB.com. Um, sat down with him for, you know, maybe seven to ten minutes. And uh, he was just very aware of, you know, health and how important it is. And I think that, you know, last year he played through that ankle injury. And, and Aaron and I wrote the story earlier this week, uh, I published on Wednesday. And, and you know, it, it was it was evident from the injury that how much it affected Eddie Rosario. Um, you, you could see his sprint speed dropping by uh, – you know, 1.3 feet per second, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then even only bumping up another 0.7 seconds after that. So he's really running very poorly all year. And, you know, he did that to get back in the lineup and, and keep the team uh, afloat. And you wonder if he, knowing how the year would have played out, might have given himself a few more days and and played for that health. Because if, if you are the Twins and you've now experienced that that pennant race, and, I mean, they held off the Indians and won by eight games last year. I, I would imagine if you talked to a lot of fans, um, they wouldn't have thought it was an eight-game deficit at the end of the year. They would have probably thought it was a little bit closer than that. And that just shows you how much better the, the Twins were. And, and I think they have that experience, that knowledge kind of uh, bank that – They've gone through this. They know how to handle themselves, and that's going to count a ton. It doesn't, as Derek Falvey said, it doesn't count for wins and losses, but it certainly helps with future wins and losses, and that experience absolutely can be critical. And, and when you bring in the guys around that they have to just build around that that group that's already experienced that and the winners that are coming in, guys, you know, Josh Johnson's made the playoffs seven of eight years, I believe. Um, Rich Hill with the Dodgers, made it pretty much every year Um, you bring in guys like that and it only kind of just makes it more of the dna of the of the group and if they stay healthy that's that's a great place to be Uh, when you're trying to hold off an upstart team like the white Sox, who are going to bang the hell out of the ball um, and we'll see if they can pitch enough and obviously the indians are still a very fierce team Um, you know they experienced some serious injuries last year and had a lot of issues, and and I don't think you can rule them out even without Corey Kluber and Trevor Bauer there anymore. Yeah, we talked a lot about the the new guys in in, uh,
0: in camp, the Donaldsons, the Maedas. We've talked about the big hitters from last year trying to repeat, but I think uh, we've reached the part of spring training, Dan, where you're having to dig a little deeper down the <laughs> uh, the feature story well, and you've had some interesting ones this week. You mentioned the Eddie Rosario story today. Not that Eddie Rosario is an a off-the-beaten-path player, but – he has kind of gotten to that point with the twins, where uh, you know that he was the subject of at least trade rumors, if not anything concrete, in the offseason because it did kind of feel like he was uh, potentially going to be an odd man out in the in the uh, in the outfield out there. But uh, firmly believes now that that uh, uh, a, a little bit of health will go a long way. I guess uh, on the one hand, who doesn't believe that? Uh, you hear that storyline, I think, from everybody in spring training. Yeah. But but um, if there's one potential notable um you know I guess uh, a bad spot from last year that could be an X factor on the other side of things it could be Rosario if he can not only straighten out his defense but uh, uh some of his uh, issues behind the plate too which he addressed a little bit at the end of that story today
1: yeah I I really liked that there's just an awareness there that he needs to get better and he knows what his bad numbers are you know the fact that he was fully embracing the fact that his on- base percentage wasn't very good and his His uh, OPS isn't as good as it could have been, and uh, his defensive stats were down. Um, You know, before the injury, I think he had like an 841 OPS, and he was on a little bit of a hot streak. Um, He had like an eight-game stretch where he's hitting 459, and his on-base was 459, Um, and his OPS during that run was like 1176, and then he gets hurt and everything goes down. Uh, But the the crazy part about that is is that really – you know, you look at where he was in 2017. He was a much more complete offensive player. In 2018, he was the best player on the team, and his numbers dragged down at the end, and he didn't get the full season because he hurt his knee sort of towards the end of 2018. Um, but he, you know, carried that 2018 team at times, and he looked all-world. And, and when he got slided from the All-Star team in 2018, it was, in my opinion, the biggest slight in baseball. Like, he was the best hitter one of the best hitters in the American League at the time, and and because he was playing for a crappy team, he didn't get the look. Last year, you know, he was playing well, he led the league, or he was high up in home runs and, and RBIs at the time of the All-Star game, and he didn't make it, but I didn't think it was much of an exclusion because, you know, his other peripherals kind of sucked. I mean, he ended the year with a 300 on-base percentage, and, and, you know, like 22 walks, 86 strikeouts, and... But that's really the eye-opening part of this conversation. You know, Eddie's in a great mood. I think having won the division, and he's still very proud of the 32 homers and the 109 RBIs, you know. And baseball, those are traditional counting numbers, but obviously a lot of front offices don't look into that stuff nearly the way they used to. Uh, Those stats don't matter as much, although it's still very super. I mean, it's super impressive to hit 32 bombs and have 109 RBIs and score 91 runs. But... Obviously, baseball's trended away from that, and so OPS and on-base matter, and and him being aware, you know, shows that he wants to grow as a player. He's not settling, and obviously, he's kind of coming into the the money drive of his career. You know, he's got two years till he's free agency. Um, he's 28. He knows these are prime years for him, and this is where he's going to have to make his payday essentially, or, or get paid in two years. And I mean, he's at a if he doesn't change, you know he is we've seen some of these guys that are similar out there get shorter term deals you know you look around and uh ozuna uh was out there as a free agent forever and and there's a lot of similarities between the two of them um and you know marcel ozuna is a really good player and and coming off of a a solid year it wasn't a great year but he had 328 on base compared to, to eddie's 300 on base and He got a one-year, $18 million deal, and I'm sure uh, being a 29-year-old free agent that he thought, especially based off of some of the years he'd had, I mean, we're talking about a guy that is two years removed from a season when he hit 312 with a 924 OPS and 37 homers and 124 RBIs for a really crappy Marlins team, and then he went to St. Louis, and he didn't like, you know, he wasn't overly great in St. Louis, but he was still good, and he got a one-year deal. And there's a lot of guys out there that are corner outfielders that aren't, you know, they aren't dynamic. And and I think Eddie wants to get away from that and get back to what he kind of was in 17 and 18 when he was a, a more complete player. And I think that means taking some patience uh, or being more patient. He he suggested he wants to take more walks. It's hard to change what you are. And he's one of the most aggressive hitters I've ever seen. Uh, but I think he is going to go up there a little bit more with that in his mind because If teams know you're aggressive and they pitch you to where they put a pitch that they know you're going to swing at, but it's not a great pitch and you take that, obviously it's going to result in some more walks. I mean, he can't help but fall into more walks if he chooses to be more patient. And I think that can be helpful. And it's clearly a team-based kind of mindset. And he talked about that a lot. So it it was a nice conversation from someone who I think is one of their team leaders and clearly based off of uh, the way fans respond to him he is a, a guy that they love to watch and so um, it should be kind of interesting to see what the health of the ankle and that mindset bring from him this year
0: another guy that you wrote about this week uh, Marwin Gonzalez made his spring debut and uh, looked pretty darn good uh, came out with a bang so to speak
1: he did he did nice theres uh, our, nice there's a there's to. our
0: yeah there's our bad joke for the podcast um <laughs> But now so much so much of the focus, obviously, on Marwin this uh, spring training has been on the Astros scandal, his response to it, how he is going to, uh, you know, blend in with the two uh, former Dodgers that are uh, on the Twins roster right now. But finally, he got to play a game, a double a home run. Um a nice play in the field, too. Is that right? Yeah, I, yeah. These games are, like, impossible for me to see, so I don't uh, – I, I, it's, like, rumors in the mist. I'm not quite well, sure what's I, true.
1: I, I technically see them, but I don't know that I absorb what I'm watching. So we're, we're, we're together in
0: a sec. Don't worry. I mean, you don't even remember last week's podcast, so I can imagine what it must be like. But uh, and that's another uh, spot, I think, where, you know, uh, the Twins took one of their patented sort of short-term – uh, contract chances on a guy who has had past success last year. He probably wasn't at that level. Um, but another potential spot where, uh, some improvement could go a long way.
1: Absolutely. And, and by the way, you didn't address him by his full name, which so is you're right. everyday multi-positional player, Marwin That's Gonzalez. Crap. Yeah, um, you're right. You, you forgot that. And, uh, and I will tell Rocco and you'll need to re- report to his office immediately. Uh, and I believe you'll have detention. But, um, you know, we, he played through some stuff last year. And, and we didn't even know until earlier in camp that the team didn't disclose. And, you know, with, with Jorge Polanco, we knew it in November that he had a procedure done on his ankle. And Marwin Gonzalez, I didn't find out that he had an off-season surgery. And, and I'm not alone in this. There were quite a few other reporters that did not find out that he had a knee debridement Um and of his patellar tendon on his right leg. Um, Is that how you say that? Debridement? Yeah, I believe so. It's not debridement. debridement. It's De I believe debridement. it's debridement. Okay. So interesting. He, he had that and was sidelined from like a week into the off season, so maybe around mid-October that he had it and was basically off his feet till late December. And he, he looks in great shape and um, you know Rocco Baldelli basically said that what he was dealing with with the knee wasn't even the worst of what he was dealing with last year, and he's just a guy that wants to play. And it, overall, his numbers were not great. Um, I don't even think he made it to – I, I want to say that
0: he – Yeah, I was I was kind of giving him a little bit of crap, but he was actually right on his career numbers, amazingly yeah. close to his average numbers. So it wasn't necessarily right. a down season, just wasn't up to his uh, 2017 standard.
1: Right, and even his wink, 2018 wink. season was a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but he was a little bit below league average offensively. But you know what? The funny part is is that if I was to guess at where he produced last year, I, I would have thought, you know, he gave the, the Twins exactly what they were looking for. Um, he played everywhere. Yep. You know, It's a guy that only went into um, last year with four games in right field and went out and played above average defense in right field. And there were a few plays that got away from him, but there were also some spectacular plays that he made And for a guy, you know, you're talking about reading the ball off the bat and right field to left field, it's entirely different. I don't know if you remember down the stretch when uh, they put Eddie Rosario in right field, and there were a few plays that just he torpedoed out there. Yeah. You know, that just misread. I mean, it's such a stark contrast to to go from that side to the other side. um, So for Gonzalez to adapt like that, I mean, I I think he played a, a solid year and gave them exactly what they were kind of looking for. If there's more in the tank from that, that's a great sign for the Twins. And and I obviously his career numbers came in the year where he benefited from the uh, the banging of the the garbage can. I mean, there's it, it stands out on his stat page how much better that year was than the rest. But if you get a guy who the rest of the way is about a 95 OPS player or 100 OPS player and can Hit anywhere from 12 to 17 home runs for you and play, you know, all but catcher and what What do we... Oh, he didn't play catcher in center field. He played everywhere else. And, and if they're healthy, that's what he will do this year. He will move around a ton more. Last year, he was sort of the injury guy. Snow first uh, was out. He played like f- most of the 42 games that Snow was out at third base. And when Krohn went down, he moved to first base when when uh, buxton was out he moved to right and kepler moved to center so he was the injury guy and and i think the original plan was like hey you're gonna start at second base today hey you're gonna start shortstop today and move him around and and spell everyone and if they're lucky enough where that's the case i mean you're talking about a team that uh should be a lot healthier i mean i i very much remember jorge polanco being just beat uh and we're going to use our first swear word of the season here, beat to shit at the end of the season last year. He looked physically terrible at times because he was playing through so much stuff. He had a finger thing that was making his throws off. He obviously had the ankle thing that hurt him. You could just tell he was sucking wind at the end of the year, but they needed him to play like 153 games because Adrianza was hurt, because Buxton's out, and so all of a sudden – you know, Marwin can't play second or short and a can't play short. And and so Polanco is just scheduled every day and it really um, beat him up and it beat up Kepler to be in center field and have heavy legs all year. So if the twins can be uh, a little healthier, then they're going to be a better, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know that they will be more as than 101 wins because the division is better, but I mean, the, there's a chance that it could be a better team just based off of having guys play and, the the rest recovery and Rocco be a real thing um, without having to kind of be a stopgap for all these injuries 22 days
0: until opening day in Oakland and Dan yeah. Hayes old stomping grounds um, so okay the roster's pretty well set um, what in your mind you know if anything is there
1: for the twins to hopefully accomplish or get out of the rest of this spring Well, Byron Buxton, we still haven't got the answer yet. Everything has trended well. Um, I think when Aaron's here, Aaron comes in on Sunday, um, and I go for about nine days. And so I I would potentially miss Byron Buxton's spring debut because they were aiming for somewhere around, I think they said as long as it was like by March 15th, that that things were good, that if they got him like a week, they'd be happy. But um, obviously, you know, there's still 10 days before that, and he's done everything they've asked so far, so that's a big storyline still to be determined, and if Byron is not ready for opening day, that will kind of shake things up a little bit. Um, it'll certainly result in probably Jake Cave uh, certainly being on the roster, and and again, he and Williams Astadier are kind of battling for that 26th spot right now because the Twins have... Plenty of outfield depth, but if Byron's out, then then I think Cave is surefire on and, and Kepler's your center fielder for a little bit. So that that still is a very fairly big storyline that has to be determined. But the Twins haven't seemed at all uh, concerned. Byron's in a good mood. You can tell just the way he's carrying himself in the clubhouse. The other day he was kind of messing around with guys. But, I mean, that is a that's a huge determining factor that's still kind of unknown. So we need to see some resolution to that. Um, I think that, obviously, you know, a couple bullpen spots and, and the fifth spot in the rotation. And Randy Dobnak is going to make that tough on the Twins because he's got options. But, you know, he gets out there and he pitches and he uh, throws a lot of ground balls and works fast and throws strikes. And you can tell his teammates like playing behind him. Uh, and you have Ulysses Chassin, um, who's a veteran that is on a minor league invite and who has a, a better track record, who... You know probably has the upper hand in that going in um, but I think Dobnat can make it really tough on the twins and so there's a few things to be ironed out uh, and you know again it really comes down to health because that would be when things kind of get interesting um, the, the twins have good depth and they're I think they're pretty prepared to deal with stuff but uh, as of right now there's none of those issues and again uh, if you guys all want to take a two-second break to go knock on some wood uh, as I jinxed them there. Um, Seriously, my goodness. But Yeah, it, it, so, uh, by the way, uh, thank goodness that think today is day 22 of the 42. Or, uh, day, no, today is 23 of the 42, and so that means only 19 more days. Uh, not that I'm uh, counting, even with nine <laughs> of them gone. So, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just waking up early. It's I, – I, <laughs> it's waking up early and watching meaningless baseball games that are only based on individual play, um, and, and trying to scrape for features and find in depth, great features. There are plenty, but, uh, those take a lot more work than news stories. So it's, uh, it's a worker's camp here. Three long weeks left for Dan Hayes and the
0: twins of riveting spring training action. We will be back with you next week. Uh, Hopefully, with something more to talk about from this. Yeah, we'll have uh, a little
1: Dominican Republic trip
0: to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be good. Yeah. Uh, before we go, I just want to say, any any uh, listeners who follow the Athletic Minnesota, uh, if you're a fan of uh, of Chad Graff, our uh, our Vikings writer, our great Vikings writer, uh, if you follow him on Twitter um, or interact with him at all on the site, um, he and his family are going through a tough tough thing right now, and. Uh, he would certainly love to hear from anybody who uh, wants to send some well wishes he's tweeted a little bit about uh, what's going on in his timeline if you want to take a look but uh, all the best to Chad Uh, we're pulling for you and uh, yeah that's, that's it, we'll see you next week everybody, thanks for listening as always